Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But First Pivot. I'm Danny, registered dietitian, certified sports dietitian, and CEO of Pivot Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to share my all foods fit approach and real life client success stories to inspire you to pivot away from all the fad diet nonsense and confusion. My goal is to simplify nutrition so you can enjoy foods you love like donuts and pizza and still achieve your health, performance, and body composition goals. Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast, But First Pivot. Today, we are going to talk about how to reduce cravings with my special guest, Dr. Karina St. John. Hi, Karina. Thanks for being here. Karina is a doctor of acupuncture, and she lives and works just about everywhere, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, Danny. I'm so happy to be here. I live in Alaska, but I work with patients um, in North Dakota. I have a business called Healing Tree, and I have six years of graduate education in East Asian medicine. So I specialize in acupuncture, herbal medicine, Eastern nutrition, um, but also have graduate certificate in integrative medicine. So have been working in practice for um, 20 years, have had integrative clinics throughout the Midwest. And so been in the Grand Forks area for over eight years. And you commute from Alaska. I do. Which is wild. I really want to see if there's anybody that has a longer commute. I, I don't I, I don't think so. Just going from the north end of Grand Forks to the south end, I got to plan my day around that. And people in Grand <laughs> Forks would agree. They're like, OK, I'm going to the north end. What else do I need to do? Or I'm going to the south end. I'm going to run all my south end errand because that 15 minutes, if you hit all the red lights. Right. Especially in the wintertime. Yes. In the winter. It took me so <laughs> long to get down Washington yesterday to go to the hockey rink. It's just. And you know what? I, when I moved here has nothing to do with nutrition, but just really interesting thing about the the Forks area. Um, when I first moved here, I thought it was so odd in the summertime that people would slow down at green lights. And after years of living here, I found that I was slowing down at green lights. But I think because in the wintertime, it's just so slippery. You just naturally come up to a light and slow down. To it. Yeah, I still do that even in Alaska for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Well, I'm so excited to dive into our topic today, cravings, because one, we both work with cravings with our patients slash clients in different ways. I know that when people apply for coaching, so many of them on their their discovery call, their strategy call, they they tell me, Danny, it's out of control. I have cravings all the time for for sweet or for salty or I feel like I'm always hungry. And my favorite part about this is that I get excited even though they feel like their life is out of control. I'm fired up because usually this is something that we can fix pretty quickly, sometimes as soon as 24 hours. Right. It's yeah. just it's just so exciting. And I tell them this. I'm like, Susan, I know it feels like it's out of control, but we're going to fix this real fast. We just need to do these these few things right away and we're going to dive into those. But it's just if right now you are struggling with cravings, this is the episode for you because we're going to give you so many different tips on how to reduce cravings, both both from a nutrition standpoint, from uh, an herbal standpoint, acupuncture all the things. We're going to talk about them all today. But first, let's talk about where are these cravings coming from? Karina, what's your kind of thought process or maybe the the science that you've read about this? Well, there's a lot of things. Hormone imbalance is really common. 
Um, you know, there's an emotional component. You know, sometimes we look at the science of it, but there's a life piece, right? You know, stress, cortisol releases. Um, when cortisol changes the brain chemistry, so it lowers dopamine, um, increases cravings. So sometimes just honestly feeling like you're working with somebody that can help you probably makes a huge difference. Um, I know there was a research um, funded from National Institute of Health that after 120 minutes after an acupuncture treatment, um, dopamine efflux returned to like the basal level, meaning that cravings went down within 120 minutes after acupuncture. And so when these hormone imbalances are are happening, you have different things like leptin, which is um, produced and made by fat cells. And it tells us that if if our body has enough storage of energy. So think about like a gas tank, right? So you can kind of look at what how, if you need to get gas, that's what leptin does in our body. Ghrelin is a hunger hormone. It, it just is what tells our body if we need to eat or not. Um, insulin helps to regulate blood pressure and cholecystokinin, which is a mouthful, we'll call it CCK. I'm not going to try to say it. <laughs> we'll ask you to. It's a hormone secreted by the small intestine during digestion. Um, it triggers the pancreas, the gallbladder to help break down food. And the crazy thing about some of these hormones is that we know a little bit about it. And so we know that things like acupuncture, like certain foods that we're eating, nutrition, um, can make a huge difference. But um, CCK, the long one, um, also is found in the brain and central nervous system. So our bodies are connected. And oftentimes we we look at one thing, like this one thing is going to make all the difference. And it really, taking a holistic perspective on it, um, I know for, for a lot of our patients, I ask them, like, what do you like to do for fun? It's, it's sad, um, but so common. And even for myself, sometimes I have to ask myself that. Um, it's like, we don't take enough time for the things that we love or enjoy. It's it's really common for people to just have a blank look. <laughs> yeah, we live in a hustle society where everybody has three jobs. Everyone's burnt out. And that's not normal. Like we're accepting burnout as normal. We always feel exhausted. And that's most of the clients that come to me. They're all tired, exhausted, lethargic. They're always hungry. They feel like something's wrong with them. And I'm like, we need to take a step back. We need to take a breath and we need to start prioritizing self-care. Right. And even for myself, I mean, when I'm working and busy and, you know, I when I'm in Grand Forks, I oftentimes have nine, 10 hour shifts where I see people on the half an hour and I don't take a lunch break and I know what to do. I know how it works and what I should be doing. But it, it's really hard sometimes to take that time, do the things, make sure that you're getting in that balance. And so um, I love being able to work with you and other people in the community to be able to just both support each other, but also everybody coming in. So a lot of times we know what to do, but how how can we implement that and really make that a lifestyle? Definitely. And I, I want to come back to what you said about the hunger hormone ghrelin because I wrote it down and we, we need to mention this because I've mentioned this, I think in episode three of my podcast, you mentioned the, hum- the hunger hormone ghrelin that makes us feel more hungry. When we don't get enough sleep, which is most Americans, we are sleep deprived. 
either intentionally or unintentionally, but oftentimes it's it's our choice. We are choosing to watch an extra 45-minute Netflix episode. We are choosing to continue to play our Xbox game. We are choosing to scroll on Pinterest or on TikTok until 2 in the morning because it's addictive. Or sometimes but, kids walk in yep, or yes. husband snoring. I mean, yes. whatever. All the things. Wives. But <laughs> when sleep is poor or when we are sleep deprived, this increases our hunger hormone ghrelin, which increases cravings and specifically a desire for higher carbohydrate foods, which I've talked about before, which makes sense. When we're tired, the body is seeking energy. And the quickest way to get energy is to break down carbohydrates into glucose. So when my clients are like, Danny, I feel like a crazy person because I'm craving so many carbs and sugars. How was your sleep last night in the past week? And usually the answer is not great. Right. And I think, too, what's so interesting is that hormones, the imbalance of hormones, a lot of times due to stress and lifestyle factors can influence stuff. But there's three parts of the brain, the hippocampus, the caudate, and the insula, that also contribute to a lot of what happens with cravings. And these three things, I'm not going to go into them in detail unless you want me to. But the big thing to to realize what's so fascinating is that these three things are also very much related to addiction. So when you look at research and you look at these things and how foods affect, that's a one thing that you know, I have people come in, especially with sugar, sometimes salt, but really the the sweet cravings, the carb cravings, um, there is an addictive type component that comes up. And so from a physiological kind of baseline perspective, I think it's so important to be able to know that sometimes we just think that, oh, I, I can't control it. And sometimes cra- cravings are are signals that we're, our body is missing something. And so if you can get to that underlying issue, sometimes that can make all the difference in the world. And if you're open for a little story, I don't usually share this with many people. Yes, tell the story. Um, when I was in sixth grade, I was out of school for a month. Um, so in entire month of February, lost 30 pounds, went through all the lab work, upper GIs, um, no ball movements entire month of February. Now, February is the shortest month, but still, that's a long time. Um, you know, for a sixth grader who is absolutely in perfect health to have significant medical issues that nobody could figure out, went to specialist, nothing. Um, you know, in sixth grade, I had my family physician actually do an anal exam to make sure there was not impact. I mean, it was traumatic. It, it was very invasive. And as a young kid, I'm like, how come they can't figure this out? And what's interesting is that the following year, um, you know, I same th- same time of year, I got really sick and then all of a sudden started to have the craziest sweet cravings. And that kind of continued, felt better. And then, you know, throughout the winters, at that time, they didn't know what seasonal affective disorder was. But still to this day, like in August, I, I've done a lot of work. I haven't had it in, in almost 20 years now. But what still is just amazing to me is that the cravings for sweet, like I've never had any issues with um, eating disorders, confidence in myself, anything. But I would literally go and get like in college a thing of brownie mix and almost eat the whole thing like binge eating. And it was such a a drive, like it, I had to have it, such a strong craving. So when people come in and they they say that they have cravings, I'm like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, you know, where is that? And for me, there was a hormone imbalance. And 
you know, unfortunately at that time, people didn't know. And, you know, the, the physicians I worked with didn't do the tests that I really probably needed, you know, really quick and easy fix. But when I have that sweet craving, I know what to do now. And so for a lot of people that, that, you know, have those cravings, sometimes there really are physiological issues. It's beyond just like a normal lifestyle thing. And so it's really important to work with, you know, professionals and medical experts and people that have good, you know, solid education. You can learn so much from Google doctoring and Instagram, but there's a limit. And that's where, you know, I encourage people to to work, you know, with with you, with with people that have that background as well. Yeah. And I'd love to dive in how you specifically help people in your practice and then I'll kind of chime in with what we do in our practice. And hopefully some of these things will resonate with our listeners. So when people come to you and you're like, OK, on a scale of one to ten, ten being whole pan of brownies. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? And then what's next? Like what what are the things that you do to help with the cravings? Right. And I think a lot of times people come in with acupuncture in general you know, it's not something where people are like, oh, let me do it. Some people do. But, you know, oftentimes people are struggling with something, you know, maybe pain, fertility, headaches, different things. Weight loss sometimes is just on the back of the their mind or it's like the last thing that they add. But for some people that are struggling with pain, like that weight loss that is taken off can make a huge difference. And so... um in general, when somebody's coming in, especially with cravings, we want to look first at the the underlying root cause. And so we look at their health history. We look at current symptoms, um, look at lab work, maybe recommend certain lab work. Um, tongue diagnosis is something that probably nobody else in town will ask you to stick out your tongue. Um, thousands of years ago, Chinese doctors, when, when acupuncture, Acupuncture was only taught by scholars and performed by physicians. It was considered a form of surgery. And so when doctors were doing their diagnostic like vitals, taking vitals at that time, we didn't have blood pressure cuffs. We didn't have a lot of things. They literally um, looked at what they could do. They would feel the pulses, look at the tongue, actually smell the back of the neck. We don't do that because I think it's a little creepy <laughs> and everybody smells like really nice shampoo now. <laughs> but thousands of years ago, that was, you know, what we did. And so the tongue is like a treasure map of the internal organs in, in the body. So when somebody sticks out the tongue, I can tell if they're not sleeping. I can tell if they're stressed. I can tell if they bloat in the afternoon. Um, you can see so much in the tongue by the tongue itself, the color and the coat. And so a lot of times we'll look at that and then um, maybe test do we have test kits for mineral and vitamin deficiencies to see if there are hormone imbalances, work with other other physicians in the community, um, try to send them to you and work together kind of in collaboration, but um, really kind of a holistic approach. Yeah. With the tongue thing. Funny story. So the first time I met Karina, first time we chatted for so long and then probably two hours in, she goes, will you show me your tongue? And I was like, what? And she goes, just, if you don't mind, you know, I just, I just want to assess it. And I was like, okay. And then right away, like, I don't remember what you said, but 
it w- I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is interesting. She goes, yeah, we should do an episode where where people send us pictures of their tongues and we can analyze them. Yeah, so send them in. <laughs> I, I apologize that we didn't do this ahead of time. Um, but if you would like to send pictures of your tongue our way. Yeah, take it in natural light. uh, Fluorescent lighting changes the color and it's harder to kind of get a good feel and fit, but it's really fun. I get a lot of tongue pictures and I always ask people to make sure to put their, like at least their initials so I know whose tongue tongue is is. whose. Yeah, because it might even be hard to find your own tongue like on a on a picture of them. Yeah. Funny story. When I, I was doing hospital rotations in China um, and I don't speak Mandarin, I can speak Chinese herbs. I can be in the pharmacy and know exactly what people are saying. But um, I had a translator. So people would come to my desk. I would take their pulses. I would look at their tongue and I would pretty much do the treatment based on those two things. And so, um, but yeah, you can, you can get a lot of good information. So if you have a tongue picture, send it in and be happy to, to share some insights or get the, <laughs> the best tongues to kind of use for di- like diagnostic We're purposes. looking for the best tongues, everybody. <laughs> send yours in. <laughs> All right. What, what is another way or some effective treatments that you offer at your clinic for helping with cravings? Yeah, a lot of times we use four main treatment um, options when people come in. We always try to put a care plan together that's customized for that individual. And so acupuncture, um, acustickers, those are really kind of the number one thing that's been researched that we see work the best. And so, and I would say too, a lot of times when people know what to do, they're not getting the best results or they kind of like baseline plateau um, out um Study after study, we know acupuncture works to regulate hormones, especially insulin, leptin, ghrelin, and the CCK. I mean, that is well-researched. There's one study that was published, and I can get the information to you guys if you're interested in the, the resources. But let's see, a brief acupuncture treatment of five weeks can change circulating levels of leptin, ghrelin, insulin, and CCK in women. There were over 50 women in this study and BMI of greater than 30. But that's kind of cool because oftentimes with acupuncture, we recommend four to six treatments at least, especially when people are are really wanting to make long-term sustained results. Um, I'm sure you probably notice that in your practice where people are coming in, they want to work with you maybe for a month and they're good to go. But, you know, realistically, sometimes it takes longer. And, you know, sometimes it also depends on like childhood dietary patterns and emotional patterns. Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, um, wrote a book, Be Water, My Friend. And I met Shannon a couple of years ago in California. Really amazing. But in the book, she talks a lot about depression. And she talks about when her dad died. I think she was around four in China. Huge funeral. The the At that time, a woman kind of took her aside and gave her a little sweet uh, cinnamon roll, some kind of treat. And so, you know, for her, food had such a connection and emotional support or, you know, for people that we work that are dealing with grief of of a mother that, you know, they used to make lefse with or, you know, different things like food has such a connection to people that being able to, to connect with that both the hormone, but also knowing that there's an emotional component is really, really important. 
But we do the Accu stickers is kind of fun. Also, we call those the, our to go treatments today in the studio. If you want, I can do an Accu sticker. They um, look like earrings. They're well, not all of them. I brought the cute ones in. I appreciate it. <laughs> but they do. We have Accu. They're Accu crystals. But um, we offer these in the clinic anywhere from thirty five, forty five dollars. We also do care kits where I do telehealth visits with people and kind of educate people on where to put theirs. But you can put those on very specific points on the ear. The vagus nerve is one of the only only cranial nerves that goes down and innervates each organ system. And it has a branch conveniently that go that goes to the ear. So if you have sweet cravings, we do a point on the ear for sweet cravings. You press the point and it reduces them. And it's salty. Not many people crave sour foods, but when you think about like pickles or, you know, things that are fermented. I love pickles. Right. Um, there's people. And so when you press on that and, and AccuStickers, AccuSeeds also work a lot with alcohol addiction food addictions or sweet cravings, cravings, and, and and I'm not saying all cravings are addictions, but kind of in our body, that same kind of meta, metabolic um, physiological pathways work very similarly. Um, nutrition therapy is a big one, and I know that is your jam. So we do more of an Eastern style nutrition where we make basic recommendations, but we like to kind of see, look at the tongue, get the diagnosis. Everybody has a very specific like constitution type. And then we kind of narrow in on the medicinal foods for that person and what they need. And so you look at people coming in and a 250 pound, six foot three man in his 30s who's lifting weights might need something different than a 50 year old woman who is menopausal, hot flashing and you know, is just struggling with weight loss or or salt cravings. But as far as the the nutritional therapy, I know that we've talked a lot about like increasing protein. You know, we can talk a little bit more about like what you recommend. Yeah. And I'll just very quickly say what, what we do typically when people have cravings. I would say there's four main things. Number one, getting enough sleep which most people are not for whatever reason, uh, creating balanced meals. So blood sugar balanced meals and snacks. I have mentioned this multiple times on past podcast episodes because it's so important. Magnesium is sometimes something that can be helpful for cravings and other things. But don't just take magnesium for fun because I'm mentioning it. We want to make sure that we need it before we take it. And one thing that has nothing to do with food itself physically is having a healthy relationship with food. Because oftentimes when we don't have a good relationship with food, this leads to an all or nothing mindset. It leads to emotional eating. It leads to cravings. And that's usually one of the first things that we work on with people. So these are some of the things that we do. But we'll come we'll come back to your list now because we've only listed two of them. Yeah. So nutritional therapy is really, really important. And when you look at food as medicine, even in Western medicine, at its roots, we used foods. Um, If there is a vitamin mineral deficiency, we're going to feel it in our body. And, you know, even in modern times with the diets that we have, some of our foods that are more processed or if you're getting more of, you know, the same food, Every week going to the grocery store, getting the same, same thing, we're still not getting that variety of foods. So we kind of look, again, very holistically at the diet and the life, 
lifestyle and just try to kind of go from there. So acupuncture, acustickers, nutritional therapy, herbal medicine, and then moxibustion heat therapy are kind of the four things in the clinic that we do the most. Nutritional therapy and herbal medicine are kind of on that same continuum for us. We like to recommend medicinal foods first. And I can tell if somebody's not going to change their diet or not. You know, herbal medicine would be considered more prescription. These aren't something that you can just kind of pick up anywhere. And it is helpful for root causes, but you can also get the symptom relief as well. So if somebody's getting a lot of bloating, especially during their cycle, or, you know, if somebody's holding a lot of water retention, but I have my board certification in herbal medicine, but that means that I went to grad school for six years to get it. So I had to do pharmacology. I had to look at it. A lot of times the med programs that I was looking at, like they just, you don't learn a lot about herbal medicine. So a lot of the physicians I work with don't know. And a lot of what's out there isn't always the best or, you know, it's a company that's marketing their product. And so being able to look at if a patient is taking medicine, thyroid medications are probably the most common that we see that we're very cautious with in including herbal medicine. But being able to make sure that there's a balance working with our prescribing physician Herbal medicine can, a lot of people that don't want or are nervous about acupuncture, sometimes are just doing medicinal foods, herbal recommendations, and and we have consults, and a lot of people call in and we do that via telehealth. Moxibustion um, heat therapy is something that probably nobody really knows about unless they've seen me in the clinic. I did it. It was <laughs> wild. It um, it has a, a scent of, of an herb, um, but oftentimes it's burned on or over the skin, we historically it comes from northern China in cold environments. And so when you're outside and it's below 14 and, you know, you're you're exposed to that cold, the, the heat therapy makes a big difference. A lot of times when I work on people, I actually palpate. I feel their abdomen. And if it's cold, we add heat therapy and just the digestive function alone, like we talk about metabolism and that fire within us. But truly, like if you have a cold abdomen, moxibustion is oftentimes one of the the most important aspects of the treatment that we see less bloating. We see less just in general, better water water dynamics, better fluid physiology in the body when when we're doing moxa. I had a, a lot of patients that I've worked with post-op um, when they come out of surgery and they're, swell, they're swollen, especially knee surgeries, different things. Had ulcerative colitis patient that came out of the ER, like late 20s, female, really young, healthy. Her, she looked like she had um, tree trunks for ankles. It's just very swollen. Within typically that day, people notice a reduction of an inch, a half inch to an inch in fluid. So it depends, like if it's more significant issues with the health, we see even faster results, more immediate. But I would say that acupuncture, acustickers are probably the most common. We offer oftentimes a care plan that includes nutritional recommendations, medicinal foods, and then possibly an herbal medicine. And then again, with the acupuncture, if people need moxa, we may add that into the treatment. But those are the four top things that if, if somebody's coming into Healing Tree, that they're going to experience. 
And I did like three of those at once when we hung out for like four hours. Yeah, it's pretty common. We, I mean, we mix it up. So if, if somebody needs a, that's the, the lovely thing is that we can really customize each treatment and no, no treatment's the same. And, and when you're working with a licensed acupuncture, sometimes that's the difference. The training is much more extensive and we're able to look at you individually and see what you need. If if you have certain things showing up on your tongue, if your pulses feel different, if your history is different, you know, you have three people coming in with sweet cravings, but they may need different treatments. And so that's the cool thing, too, about the acupuncture research. I mean, we know that it has an impact on dopamine, serotonin, all of the hormone regulating things that affect cravings. But people usually come out of the clinic just feeling better. And it's hard for them to really describe what happened. <laughs> they just feel better. And when it comes down to it, really, I mean, the science is important and it's it's really important to know why it's helping. But if you're waking up feeling crappy and you just don't feel like yourself and you feel like you're just not able to do what you want to do or not feeling good about yourself, when you can come in, work with somebody, you know, and you have that kind of team approach, whether they're working in your clinic, our clinic, or like just in general together, waking up feeling good is important. Yeah, it, it's it's the most important thing. Yes, people want to lose weight or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, we have to feel good. Being healthy and feeling good is number one. Right, because the weight loss, sure, right? But it, it's the feeling. It's being able to know that anything's possible, you can do it, that, you know, that confidence a lot of times, but also that, you know, I think that the body's just functioning more optimally as well. <laughs> like you just, it, it, it's just, I don't know anybody that has made such drastic changes that don't feel better. Yeah, and if you're listening and you don't feel good and it's been months or years, there's probably a solution out there for you. Yes, call us. <laughs> Let us know. There's probably a solution. Even if it's not us, do not accept feeling awful chronically as normal. Right. Because it's not normal to not feel good. Right. Another thing that's really, really important is the the team approach. So if you aren't feeling well, regardless of you know, healing tree, pivot, nutrition, you know, all of the different physicians that we work with, you know, being able to create your own team, like you're the coach, this is you and being able to find those people in the community or online sometimes, um, even friends, family, the people that like have your back, like when you're down, like you know that they're, they're going to be there. Um, there are medical providers, there are people in the Grand Forks community and surrounding area that really care about you and want you to feel your best and want to support you. And our goal, I mean, my goal for people is to not see them in the clinic. I want to run into them at like Hugo's or at, at a different event in town or somewhere where they, they're feeling great and they don't need to come in as frequently. And so support is so, so important to getting those goals. And the other thing too, I know last time we met up and talked forever. One of the research studies that I always found fascinating that I um, learned about in school was a study where they took rats and they isolated, um, they had a control, and then they had rats that had like probably 15 friends in food, water, alcohol. 
And then they had a whole bunch of areas to run around, play, lots of lots of friends. The other aspect of the study was that the other rats were isolated, um, food, water, alcohol. And within a couple days, they realized that the isolated rats that didn't have a lot of things to do, that there were only two in the entire cage, they started to drink more alcohol. Again, bringing in that addiction-related thing, the food-related thing. And so support ties in to this. So if you have goals, you're not feeling your best, being able to be a part of a Facebook group or a community or you know, being able to have that support with a, a coaching or um, coming into the clinic for regular treatments until you're feeling better. But even when you're feeling like you got it, just realizing that support is critical. I don't know if you know Dean Ornish. Have you ever heard that name? The Ornish Diet? You know Dean Ornish. So years ago, so he he started with a research study, how to reverse heart disease. And at the time, nobody believed that it could be done without medicine. And so I think the four components of his research were diet, meditation, exercise, and they did a support group. And at the end of the study, they asked people that were participating what was the most effective thing, what kept them in the study. The support group is what kept people going. And so, you know, it just it kind of gives me the chills to say it. But like I've, I've worked with so many people that feel alone. They feel, they have friends, they have family, but, you know, that like core deep, like share and open up their heart and, and soul kind of friends, it's lacking in a lot of the people that, that we, we see in the clinic. And even if it's not, like, it's a hard thing, changing your lifestyle. It's doing. hard. It's, it's easy to say, but it's very hard to do. Yes. And so we really try to create a really safe space for people to speak about feelings, their thoughts, relationships, things that are not always something that you kind of talk about. There's definitely a deeper understanding of their needs and a unique bond that forms. And that can be with the provider relationship, but also within a group setting, you know, that bond that forms with people that are, are making their dreams come true, f- making their goals happen. And and that's what's exciting. And I know that um, for me, like when I get a text from a patient that I haven't seen you know, I had a patient that came in for weight loss and um, she had high cholesterol. And at the time she was coming in, she was at a 190 and her goal was 160. And she had started walking and she was doing really well. And, and you know, it was probably a year and a half later. I hadn't seen her for months in the clinic, but I get a picture of her feet with, you know, 160 on the scale. And it's just, it made my day. Like, those are the kind of stories that You know, that bond that months later that I hadn't worked with her, you know, the fact that she can send that to me and I can cheer her on and and it's hard to explain, but it happens. And, And I just as a provider and practitioner, like that's what I do. That's why I do what I do. I love it. Right. It's it's there's no better feeling than getting texts from clients, whether they're in the program, you know, whether they're one week in or whether they've been graduated for over a year. Now I'm at the point where people are almost a year out from graduating from our program and they still keep in touch. They still send selfies. Coach, I'm still killing it. And it's just the best running into them or seeing seeing their confidence in photos on social media. And 
you know, this, the support is huge. Some people, we are their only support system. Maybe they're single moms. Maybe they're grad students. Maybe their spouses just don't support them because they've tried every other diet and they go, how is this different? Right. And sometimes we we are not counselors, but sometimes we end up being that for clients. Sometimes we just listen and they talk about, like you said, their relationships, their their work stress, their their marriages, their everything. And sometimes they're like, oh, gosh, this I'm so sorry. We're supposed to talk about nutrition. This is not a counseling session, but it's all interconnected. There's a big part of emotion tied to what we eat. And in East Asian medicine, each emotion correlates with an organ system. And so when somebody comes in with sweet cravings, I often ask them, do you have mind racing at night before you go to bed? Are you, are you ruminating? Are you thinking a lot? Are you, do you worry? Is, you know, um, oftentimes there's patterns that we see that we can kind of do a differential diagnosis and just like it's just a pattern that like it's really common. Um, another thing is like lack of confidence, fear, fright and some and people that like have never had that um, salty cravings. And, you know, there's there's so many different corresponding things that happen that all point to an underlying cause that can be easily treated. And so when you're struggling, like that's where like getting on a balanced diet, getting what you need in, uh, making sure that you're eating enough, you know, all of those things that we've talked about, we know, you know, people may know, but if stress is going on and you find yourself hanging out in like a worry pattern, we treat that with certain medicinal foods that help to correct it. Or if there's a fear pattern, anxiety coming up, um, I would say in the people that I work with in the clinic, there's a high number. I, I see probably about 80% of the people I, I treat have some kind of level of stress or low-grade anxiety or or high anxiety. Um, and so there's so many different pieces that play into that. And so when somebody comes into our clinic and they're like, I have cravings like crazy, like, okay, well, what else is going on? What's the the emotional, like, word or phrase to describe how you're feeling this week? And usually within that one sentence, it just kind of tailors what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that one one of the positives about, like, how we work with clients is just we have more time to spend with them. Oftentimes at a typical clinic, you might have 10, 15 minutes with your healthcare provider And it's not enough time to really get to the root cause. It's just sometimes it's a Band-Aid like, oh, you don't feel good. Here's a pill. And there's no time for them. It's not their fault. It's just they're scheduled back to back to back. They can't go over 15 minutes. They have to get X amount of people in in a day. And there's not enough time to get to the root cause to figure things out. And that's one of my favorite things. If I'm not 100 percent sure how to help someone, I'm going to figure it out, whether it's, you know, reaching out to you, reaching out to a different dietitian or physician. We want to get people answers and we have the we have the time to do it. Yes, our schedules are crazy, but we are curious and we want to solve people's problems. Right. And I think that um, and that's what I love about working with you is that when you have that team approach, it really is about the person. It's about you and and how the people that you're working with can help you. And so, you know, 
with us, like we're doing treatments oftentimes on people. So as we're doing the treatments, you know, things come up that maybe not in the intake, which but the consistency, like we a lot of times you have to do more than one treatment to really get that long term effect. So if you're doing four to six treatments, you get to know somebody more than if you're going in for an annual physical once a year. And so the the consistency, that support, again, that support comes in and it's so critical for the long-term sustained changes. Consistency is probably my top in my top five words vocabulary because especially when it comes to sustainable weight loss, improving health markers, improving someone's relationship with food, improving performance. One 30-minute session is not going to get us anywhere. And that's a thing of the past where dietitians would have consults. Like you pay for a consult and, you know, you get a meal plan. But that's not helpful long term. And that's why we now work with people for three, six, nine, 12 or more months because it takes time to create a lifestyle change. It takes time to lose 50 pounds and learn how to maintain it. It takes time to undo 20 years of a poor dieting mindset. So consistency is huge. Like you said, with the acupuncture, like, yes, one session, you'll walk out feeling better, but we need more. We need that consistency. Absolutely. And, you know, for us in our clinic, I mean, we, a lot of insurance covers acupuncture. We, have people pay at the at the visit and then get reimbursement directly from their insurance. And so it's an investment, time, energy, budget. And and so at least at our clinic, we really try to understand like where people are at and we never want money to be an issue with the care people need. Um, we really offer a lot of different things, AccuStickers for us. Like if somebody can't do acupuncture, kind of the next best thing. If somebody is, you know, getting stationed in a different country, you know, like there's so many different reasons why the pandemic alone, you know, when people weren't feeling comfortable coming in, we had to kind of adapt. And how can you do telehealth with acupuncture is what I often get asked. Right. Um, I offer telehealth every week to everybody in the Grand Forks area from Alaska. And so, you know, it's it's a fun like to me, I've learned that people are brilliant they're way smarter than they realize and they can do more for themselves. So when they have tools at home that they can do, change happens faster and you don't have to rely on somebody. You still want that support, but you know, being able to have some of those tools in your toolbox, knowing what to do, um, knowing the people that you can go to, find your crew, find your team, find your people, whether it's providers, practitioners that have the education and knowledge the people that are right there with you that have the same goals um, and the cheerleaders, the people that like are cheering you on in your life, like make sure to really invest in all of those pieces because it makes such a big difference. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with people who have similar values or goals is so important. Let's finish off our episode with your three tips for reducing cravings. We've already talked about a lot of them, but let's maybe summarize them because we kind of talked about rats and tongues. So let's kind of reel it in and summarize your tips for reducing cravings. I think number one, investigate the root cause. Really pay attention to the cues of your body and really hone in on what the underlying issue is. 
The dietary and micronutrient recommendations, I think, are also important. I know you had mentioned sleep. Sometimes magnesium or other supplements can be really helpful being able to get that test, like tested and see what you might be deficient in. Um, What else did we say? We talked about blood sugar balance meals and snacks when it comes to nutrition. That's number one. That's the first thing I talk about with my clients. Absolutely. And I think just in general, again, make sure that you have the support. If you feel like you're out there doing it alone, like just make sure that you're really on on track. So those that's kind of like a lot of the dietary like mini ones. But I also think seek expert care. Just like that's so important. Find someone that cares. Yes. Because you are not alone. You don't have to go at it alone. Someone is out there that cares about you. You might just not know it yet. And Danny and myself, and I know our whole healing team at Healing Tree, we're we're here for you. If you have questions, I know I would love to be able to answer any questions. If there's Q&A, your tongue pictures that come in, <laughs> I'm happy to stay connected. So if someone wants to send a tongue picture, because I'm sure someone was like, I'll send them my tongue picture. Where are they sending it, Karina? Yeah, you can send it to my direct work line at 989-720-4325. Please put your initials so I can kind of get an idea of who you are. But um, yeah, send the tongue pictures in. And we'll, if you have specific questions or, or need care, I mean, you can ask questions too. But um, the tongue pictures, I'll be able to share them with you, Danny. Or we can do it on Instagram too. Yeah, yep. we're going to do it on Instagram. <laughs> Obviously, this podcast is not live. But what we'll do is we're going to hop off this episode I'm going to show Karina my tongue on Instagram. We're going to do this. So make your way to my Instagram because by the time this podcast episode is released, this will be on my Instagram at DannyTheRD. And Karina, I'll make sure to put your your website, your contact info in the show notes so that people can find you if they need help with their cravings, with fertility, all, all the things that you guys do at your clinic. Awesome. Yeah, happy to help. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Check out my Instagram for this tongue analysis. Have a good one. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel and share with one friend who would benefit from this message. Need help with your nutrition? Find me on Instagram at DannyVRD or visit our website, pivotnutritioncoaching.com. Thanks for listening.